Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Team Performance Winning Ways for Uncertain Times podcast. I'm Christian Napier, and I am joined once again by my illustrious host, co-host, the true brains behind the operation in the crimson red University of Utah shirt, Spencer Horn. Spencer, how are you? Wonderful. Go Utes. Yes. Uh, hopefully we'll get to see uh, some sports this this fall, probably remotely, but I'm great. How are you, Christian? Good to be with you. I'm doing great. You know, it's funny that you've got that University of Utah shirt on. My daughter just last night was registering for fall semester, and she's so excited that they will actually have in-person classes. That's we don't right. know exactly what that's going to look like, but we're we're very, very happy that she can uh, return to campus. Yeah, maybe they'll have class outside or on the roof where they can spread out. It'd be hard to hear yeah. there. Uh, yeah, maybe so. Maybe they need some uh, PA systems. We could uh, go in business uh, selling PA. Well, I, so. I, so, hold on. I, just to that point, I was, you know, you're in the big sporting event field. I, I was watching or I saw somewhere, I can't remember, the the Ghana soccer team was practicing and they had brought in huge speakers to pipe in crowd noise. Yeah, well, you know that uh, a lot of teams do that professional teams that play in front of loud opposition. Uh, but maybe they need the crowd noise in there to get him all pumped up and motivated to play to their very best. That's exactly the point. They they want to they want to replicate that environment. Of course, very difficult to do when you don't see it and hear that all around you. But at least you can get some of that with the uh, with the crowd sound while they're practicing to get that that blood flowing and that that energy up, right? Well, Spencer, I learned something very important from you today. And that important fact was that today is National Hamburger Day. <laughs> well, here in the United States, we have a national day for everything. But today happens to be National Hamburger Day. And, and I like hamburgers. And my wife and I, we have this list of all these gourmet hamburgers and the recipes from all over the place. I think it, it's a company out of Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin cheese. And they, they, they produce all these wonderful recipes. And so we, we recreate some of these, putting things like brie and pears. And you, know, you, you usually think of a hamburger as that, that greasy cheese and maybe lettuce and tomato and, and onions, but you can do some amazing things with, with hamburgers. And so we're going to do something today and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I might have to go buy some ground beef and make some hamburgers today. I did not know it was national hamburger day. And I know that you're all gourmet and uh, everything, but I just like that greasy cheeseburger. I do too. I like that too. But you know, every once in a while you need to dress up a, a, a hamburger and make it a little more fancy. I have to give a shout out to the Hires Country H, which is one of my favorite burgers. I love that thing. All the nice juicy bacon and the fry sauce, which is a local specialty, right? The fry sauce that they put on I the love that. Yeah. So here in Utah, we ha it's a thing. In a lot of other places, they don't have it, but you can, you can order fry sauce. And I guess, you know, it's ketchup and, and mayonnaise and they put some pickle in there, but some places do. But I, you move outside of Utah here in the United States, and it's really hard to find fry sauce. I know. We're, we're blessed to live here in this amazing place. We started talking a couple of weeks ago about some of those communication skills and the different kinds of styles that people have and the different high traits that people have. And 
I'm so glad that we finally get to continue this conversation once again, Spencer, because I've been waiting with bated breath to <laughs> figure out uh, all these different styles and figure out how I can better communicate with my team members and my clients. And so I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. You know, I can't remember what episode was it nine. I think we were we were talking about grace under fire. We really talked about the foundations of how and why we behave certain ways and and how that how that motivates us to to behave uh, in in our in our best scenario and in our worst case when we're under pressure. So we talked a little bit about you know behaving poorly under pressure. The, the one of the tools I use is is a ProScan uh, tool through PDP Global, and, and PDP PDP Global did a working remotely survey, and they asked these questions. I mean, what do you find most challenging to working remotely? And some of the answers include not having the proper resources, such as computer programs, access to information. You know, just things like we take for granted in the office, like our, our comfortable desk and chair. It, it, some people are working at their kitchen table, and it's just it's hard to be productive for long periods when you don't have the equipment. So that's one. Not having the structure and proper work environment to work remotely. A lot of the people I'm coaching, you know, we're really working on how to create that that structure and, and creating, carving out a space that separates your home from work while you're in home working. And, and feeling isolated and disconnected from the team. I'm wondering what others on the team are doing because they're quiet right? You're not hearing from them. And there's a reason sometimes that we're not hearing from people, which is also related to their, their personality. Um, feeling like customers are avoiding me. That's a, that's a challenge or hesitant to reach out to others during this uncertain time, not wanting to interrupt them or feeling like, you know, there, there's just too much that you, for whatever reason that, that hesitancy is coming out, you're forcing myself to be disciplined, to work on my own. We've heard from guests in the past that, that was really hard from not having that that work environment. Um, interruptions from others in the household. Dealing with telecommunication connectivity challenges, having a quiet environment to making phone calls, staying productive. You got dogs barking, you got kids coming in, right? Just staying productive and others. So those are some of the things that we asked them to to check if they were experiencing. And then we we have them take the survey so we know what their high traits are so we can see how people are, are challenging. And um, that, so that's part of the, the survey that, that PDP created. And, you know, we, we really got through dominance. We talked a little bit about your potential traits. And as it turns out, we were about 90% right on your traits, right? Yeah. You, you nailed it. <laughs> I think the highest trait trended to be uh, conformity, which is that, structure and accuracy and detail trait. Was that correct? I think that's right. I think, it, yeah, that, that, that conformity thing was, was probably, yeah, it was the most uh, dominant trait, if I recall. Right. Very closely followed by high pace, right? And, and then, so then the low traits were extroversion and, and dominance. And so there, we, you have several tendencies because you have two high traits. You have pace and patience. We talked about some of those last time and those high conformity traits. And we'll, and we'll, we'll remind our, our listeners a little bit about that. So today we, we want to, we're going to start with extroversion. You know, this is a, a social relational trait. People love to connect with people. They, 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 this is a style that acts on the environment. So they're typically direct, proactive, and they like to get things done with and through people. 
uh, Christian. So instead of saying, hey, go turn on the light like the high dominance will, they'll say, hey, Christian, um, it's dark in here. Let, let's, let's go take care of this problem together, right? I mean, they, they want everything to be a, a team thing. And of course, I'm hyperbolizing, which isn't even a word, but <laughs> so they're articulate, they're communicators, they can adapt to just about any communication style. So they're, they're kind of chameleon-like in their behavior. They're interactive, they're motivational, they're persuasive, they're influential, they're good at role-playing and inspiring and envisioning and delegating. So do you know a few of those types? I do, but I actually have a thought or a question for you. Okay. So my wife, I always considered her to be extroverted because she is extremely good in public. Mm -hmm. She is very, very good at carrying conversation and she is fearless. She can talk to anyone whether it's, you know, someone at the cash register at Target or, you know, some senior executive kind of a person, she she can strike up a conversation with just about anyone. Right. And she's very, very good. That being said, while she performs extremely well in public and everyone would consider her to be an extrovert, she actually feels introverted because all of that public social behavior drains her energy. Whereas for many extroverts, they need that to get energy. They need this interaction to feel energized. But for her, it's draining. And so she's kind of an introvert in an extrovert skin. And for me, it's a bit of a challenge, not with her, but looking at other people and wondering, do they really draw this energy from the crowd? Are they really extroverted or are they kind of role playing? You know? Yeah. So great observation. And, you know, there, first of all, there's a scale of extroversion, right? Not everybody's just gregarious and outgoing. And so you could have someone that is right on the line between low and, and high, and, and it could be very situational. Some cases they're, they're comfortable and conversational. Uh, they're engaging. In other cases, they just love their, their quiet time and downtime. You pointed out something that's very important, and it's truly identifying: Does the activity give you energy? Do you are you are you recharged by being with people? And we're which is going to take us to some research today, which is really interesting. But um, so if you're if you're not recharged, then most likely her extroversion is low. So then the question you ask is: How come she seems to have the ability to engage? And that is something that is so important to understand just because you have a trait for example low extroversion it does not mean that you can't go out and be very successful and be very articulate as a matter of fact i consider you to be highly articulate and more articulate than me i can blather on but you are thoughtful and and intelligent and you are to me a great communicator I know, though, that when you're talking to strangers or new people, you can still come across that way. But I know that you're going to want to take a nap after that because it's going to take a lot of your energy. Is that true? Yes, it's true. I wish I could take more naps, but <laughs> no, but it's it's very, very true. I do have to say one thing. I know I don't want to diverge too much from the topic of extroversion. Oh, we love to diverge. Come on. But for us uh, thoughtful people, we can communicate too slowly. And uh, extroverts may lose patience with people like us because they're like, just get to the point. You know, why are you spending all this time trying to 
come up with your thoughts and articulate your thoughts in a certain way and structure your argument, just spit it out. Well, Christian, and, and what will also happen is because of that impatience, when you are taking a pause, and I've done this to you, right? You're taking a pause to get your next thought out. They think that that's, you're done and that's a break and they will insert themselves in that conversation and you have more to say. That's right. More often than not, though, what happens in a social situation or maybe in a work situation is someone may, may say something, which I find I, I come up with a funny thought about it, but it takes me so long to formulate it that the conversation has moved on. And by the time it's I'm ready to voice this humorous <laughs> opinion, the time is gone and I just have to laugh internally at my own jokes. <laughs> well, so we had some great advice from an entertainer, Jennifer Lear, about how to be more... Uh, what is the word that, you know, where you're just interacting with the audience? Um, it was more spontaneous. And yeah. she mentioned that that usually the first thought that comes to your mind is the funniest thought. So just go with that and try not to second guess yourself. But it's risky, right? It's it's scary for someone who, who wants to be sure that what you say is going to have the right impact. And that's part of the self-editing. So extroverts are doing that out loud. What they're thinking is coming out of their mouth. They are literally talking about what they're thinking about where people with lower extroversion are thinking about what they're going to talk about. And so that's the challenge that you have is one that's, that's moving it forward and is acting on the environment. The other one's thinking and, re and wanting to respond to get it right. And so that's an interesting dance that happens every day in the workplace and in our relationships and in, in our family. And you, you uh, articulated that very well. And, and actually, I want to I talk about these, these two. Let's call I don't like the word introvert because that can sound like a pejorative or a negative in, in lower, let's call it lower extroversion. But for the case, you know, for the point of the, the study, we're going to say introvert versus extrovert. There are great strengths in having lower extroversion or, or introversion because of that ability to stop and think and, and analyze. And so in many cases, it's a strength and you need to recognize it as such. And, Sometimes, though, we admire people who are opposite of us, right? So, so maybe you admire that person that has the ability to speak up, but I guarantee you some of them probably feel like they put their foot in their mouth too often and they probably admire you for your poise. That might be. I, I can't speak on their behalf, but what I can say is that on the, I don't know if positive and negative is really the right way to frame it, but on the positive side for me anyway, I look at extroverts as very witty. You know, they, they're, they're very quick, quick thinkers. And I, I admire that because I cannot do it. And then on the flip side, as you just mentioned, they can be foot and mouth. You know, <laughs> they're just saying things and you're like, whoa, where, where's that coming from? And sometimes I've dealt with people who it's hard because they are working that thought process through the spoken word. And so it's hard to figure out where they're going until they arrive at that destination. And then right. it's like, so, okay. oh, all right, that makes sense now. It took you through this whole thing. And what's happening is, is they're saying what they're thinking. And so because that pro that process isn't edited, you're you're witnessing it. And for them, they are too, because they, they are speaking what they're thinking. And some of them are all of a sudden stopping and going, oh, that's what I think about that. Because they're hearing themselves express it. And so part of being an effective leader or a manager or a communicator is understanding what's going on and giving people that, that space and that grace to be able to get through that because that is, that is what they need. Now, the challenge from the other side is, is 
what you just talked about, right? Some of them interrupting you because of their lack of patience. So one of the skills that high extroverts need to learn is this acronym W period, A period, I period, T period. Wait, which stands for why am I talking? Some of them have got to learn, and this is going to sound rude, but we've got to learn to shut up. Because if you're talking with someone that doesn't have that same ability, you've got to quiet yourself, you've got to quiet your brain, and you've got to just be present for a moment and let other people work through their process of thinking, which sometimes requires dead space. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, You mentioned something that really struck me, and I've thought about it for a long time, which is conversation is a dance. And, And also you are a singer and you sing in choirs and and it's important to blend, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that you can't be too loud. You can't be too soft because if you stick out, then everybody suffers. Right. And I, I like these, these various analogies that you've used. I particularly like this conversation as a dance because you have to be very aware of your, of your dance partner and feel it out, you know, so you're not stepping on each other's toes all the time. Well, that's part of the, that's the emotional intelligence part of the equation. Knowing yourself is, is the first part and then realizing that, okay, I, I talk too much and I interrupt. And so self-editing becomes, and for high experts, that will take energy. Just like we were talking about your, your wife having the ability to express herself takes energy for, for high extroverts, shutting up and not talking is draining their energy. But we get to do some of that to be effective partners and communicators, right? Um, I, I do also think, based on your description of your wife, that part of the reason why she's able to do that so well is her dominance is probably pretty high, which is an assertive trait. It's a trait that can, again, act on the environment and take charge. I, I'm, a, I'm making that assumption, Christian. However, and she may even have extroversion above the line and still enjoy that quiet time and get recharged. A lot of, a lot of people have an element of extroversion and still are not gregarious, outgoing people. So understanding that there's a range of these traits and where you fall really helps you to understand which things you, you can work on. What are the, you know, what are the challenges you may be causing? So for example, you said a minute ago that maybe you perceive those people who are not self-editing as bombastic, as self-centered, or uh, maybe not credible or you know, there's, there's all these things that go through our mind and we have these judgments about each other, right? So for example, think about what, what most people would, what would be, how do you think a person that has high pace, like, you, you know, you, t- you and I talked about this before, how would you say that a high pace person describes a high dominant? You just use the adjectives. Um, they they really are more worried about themselves than worried about other people based on the words that they use and the tone that they use, which may not be an accurate assessment, but it's the no. judgment of people uh, with high pace. You know, one of the questions that I have for you, Spencer, in our previous segment, uh, which we called Grace Under Pressure, <laughs> uh, which is my very subtle nod to the band Rush, who's one of my favorite bands, and that's one of their albums. Um, so that's why I put that in the title. Um, we, how, need get, we need to get that, that title out there. 
and, and, and really the impetus was this is we're feeling a lot of pressure right now. So how do these people act under pressure? You know, what happens? And, and in our last episode, we talked about what happens when a person with high pace or conformity, what happens to them when they're under pressure and, and some of the things to look out for. And I'm curious from your perspective, what happens to an extrovert or person that has this extroversion high trait? How does it manifest itself when they're under pressure? So they will actually talk more it's what we call a verbal attack. So they can over explain things. If you're not buying into their argument, they'll double down on, on selling, right? On telling you, well, then this, then that, and then, and they'll just keep talking until you almost give in. It's different than the dictatorial steamroller that just disregards your feeling. They want you to, to like them. They want you to buy in. And so they'll keep, they'll just talk about it a different way. And it's over explaining. They can also get sarcastic. And uh, because, you know, they want things to be fun and light. You talked about how, how, uh, how much they're able to just, you know, ad lib and, and uh, off the cuff and, and be, uh, but they're just able to uh, adapt to just about any situation so easily. But they want to have a fun, light environment. When that doesn't happen, that's when they start to get sarcastic and, and frustrated. And so being aware of that, that's, that gets in your way when you just oversell people because eventually they'll stop listening to you. So you have to be aware of that and, and edit yourself a little bit. The other thing that they do is they can sometimes be, they can get disappointed because they are so optimistic, right? And that's actually something we're going to talk about in, in this research uh, that I'm going to share with you today. But they typically think the best of everyone. And so oftentimes they're disappointed, right? So one of the things that people with low extroversion and high conformity, you know, the, the thinking that you do is that you sometimes, Christian, you will think about the things that could go wrong, right? You actually anticipate the downside. And that's, that's, that's important sometimes, right? But for the, uh, for the extroverts, they actually are always thinking about the upside. And so oftentimes they're, they're disappointed. I think that's interesting. I would put it this way, right? I have very low expectations. And so the expectation's not there. If it's not met, it's not a problem. It doesn't bother me. But I do know people that have very high expectations of others because they conduct themselves a certain way and they have high expectations of themselves. Right. And when people don't live up to their standard, then they get frustrated and they get disappointed and they and they wonder is something wrong with me because you know I did this for so and so and it wasn't reciprocated the way that I would expect something like this to be reciprocated if I were in their shoes and someone gave me this kind of gift this is the gift that I would give in return and when that expectation is not met they become disappointed they become a little bit upset they start to self doubt they, right. they they start to think was well, there something wrong with me and so that's really interesting that you bring that up and I don't know if anything that I'm saying here is congruent with anything that you're saying, but that's just something it is. that I've noticed. It, it is, and you, you give a, you, you make a great point, and I'm going to give you an actual example of giving a gift that's not received. It's, it goes back to the dance. We have to be aware of our, our dance partner. And so here's a, here's a gift, for example, that a high extrovert might give to a, a lower extrovert. Christian, you are so amazing. You did such a great job. And oh my goodness, I, I can't believe you, you know, you were able to, to just handle that project. And I'm doing this in front of everybody, right? And I'm, and I'm patting you on the back publicly. And 
sometimes because high extroverts love public recognition, they assume that everybody else does as well. So that's a gift, for example, that might seem insincere to you when in fact, you would probably appreciate more sincere one-on-one appreciation where I would call you Christian. I, I really appreciated how you handled that situation. And thank you so much. If I, if I did that to you one-on-one, you'd probably appreciate that more. That might be the case. I'm going to ask you a question, Spencer. If a high extrovert person gives this kind of praise and the, the low the low extrovert person kind of humbly, shy, shyly says, well, you know, thanks, it's very kind of you, whatever, but does not reciprocate that praise back to the extrovert. Does it cause a problem? Yes, it does. And that's that's where I was going next because of their communication style. A lot of times people with, and I'm not just talking about low extroversion because there's, you can have high conformity, high pace, low dominance and and low extroversion. They typically don't want that accolade, you know, publicly given. And some of them just feel like, hey, I'm putting my head down and I'm, they are, I'm going to prove to you my worth. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to do it. And, and so when other people talk about it, how great they are and how, why they deserve a promotion or whatever, they think that that's just, that's terrible. They feel like I'm going to expect that people will treat me fairly, that will give me a promotion or give me a raise based on my hard efforts and not my bombast, right? And so because they don't always expect Kind of like what you were talking about. You you don't have high expectations. They don't always expect themselves to get the pat on the back, and or nor do they, they always want it. They don't give it. And so, if you're managing somebody that has that high extroversion, and you don't give it to them, that's a problem. And you're not in, you're not motivating them. You're not engaging them. You're not helping them feel valued on the team. If you're giving too much a public recognition to one that doesn't really care for that, you're embarrassing them and 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 maybe not you certainly you can share what they've done, but more one-on-one is is what we find that they appreciate. So understand what motivates the different styles. That's going to help you be a better leader, a better manager, better communicator, better spouse. I think that's awesome advice, Spencer. I mean, it's really opening my eyes right now. So I really appreciate you sharing all of your knowledge because every time we do one of these podcasts, I learn something new. And one of the questions that I have for you, Spencer, based on what you just said is, and maybe it's not a question, but it's, maybe it's a comment. If you're going to give that praise, you better be sincere about it, right? Otherwise you are seen as being manipulative or insincere. You don't have integrity. So I'm, I'm guessing that people can see through that, right? If if you're they just they, they if you're just doing it, but you don't really mean it. That's right. And so one of the traits that we've been talking about a lot at the high pace, I I my experience and all the years that I've been doing this, it's like they have a built-in BS meter. If you're not sincere, they can tell. And someone with your traits, you you have that and you have high conformity. And so you want to be accurate. That's one of the reasons why in the past we've talked about how you detail out your e- emails. And so if if I'm giving feedback to you and it's very general, oh, great job, pat on the back, oh, wonderful. Well, what was wonderful? What specifically did you do that made an impact? Be specific and be accurate. And I think if that were the case, you would appreciate that and feel like it was more sincere. Am I 
close? I think that's true. I think that's true. One of the things you have to be careful of, I think, when dealing with people is when you do give some type of a compliment and you are sincere about it. Yeah. Like you said, hey, you know, great job. If if you're not careful, when you come back to and say, well, why do you say that? <laughs> then it can put the other person on the defensive. So I think us uh, high-paced people who want evidence, we have to be careful not to not to try to put other people in an uncomfortable position if we don't feel like we have all the evidence. Well, so then that's part of your traits is your the other focus, right? You're worried about how they might receive it, how they might uh, understand you and how you might make them feel. That's part of the the natural style that that you have where someone who's an extrovert doesn't think that. They just want to they just want to make you feel good and be happy, right? They're they're not worried well Am I going to hurt their feelings? They're more concerned whether or not if you don't, you know, if they don't do it, then maybe you won't like them because it, it sounds very superficial, but one of the biggest motivators for an extrovert is being liked. It's one of the reasons why they want to be included in the team discussion. If you have a, you know, if you're having a team meeting and they're left out, that's when they get sarcastic and, and frustrated, right? And so that kind of leads us into this research that's that was done on you know with the quarantine how does that impact extroverts compared to uh introverts right so and i'm using the, the studies word of of introverts you know we know that social distancing and and working remotely has had an impact on mental health we know that it's impacting um you know, how we, how we handle stress and, and problems. And so the question that was asked in this research that was done by the Virginia-based research consultancy called Greater Divide is what is the impact of isolation on extroverts versus introverts? And the hypothesis is, is that, well, what, what do you think the hypothesis would be? Who, I don't who, know. Who would be impacted more by isolation, extroverts or introverts? In well, your my feeling would be, would be the extroverts, but I don't know. Why? Why would you think that? Because they crave that direct social interaction that they now have to get through remote means or um, asynchronous means like emails and things, you know, so, so they, they, they miss that in-person contact. That is exactly what the hypothesis was, that, that it would impact extroverts more than introverts because they weren't, you know, they, they were separated from their tribe, if you will. And so Greater Divide surveyed a sample of a thousand American adults. So for those of you listening, I know we have listeners all over the world. I just want to be clear that this was people here in the United States. And they asked the respondents to complete a series of personality uh, and, and I hate when they use the word test because can you really be uh, test your, I mean, can you fail a personality test? No, you just are what you are. It's not a pass <laughs> or a fail. Yeah. So I, I call it a personality survey, but a lot of people call them tests and it's, it's, it's a pet peeve of mine. Um, so, and one that measured extroversion. And so they asked the respondents to report the degree to which COVID-19 had negatively impacted their mental health. And surprisingly, they found that people that had higher extroversion were less likely to have mental health issues and frustration as a result of quarantine. And I found that very surprising. Well, I am surprised also. What was the, what was the reason behind that? Well, you know, the reason that they thought, of course, was all the things that we just said because of their isolation that they wouldn't be able to be there. But, um, 
they found that people with lower extroversion had that that dimension of introversion was associated with greater nervousness and fear. And comparatively, you know, we talked about the optimism of or kind of the the best case scenario mentality that a lot of extroverts have. And the the psychologists found that that those that have this extroversion trait are typically more positive and more optimistic. And so they're able to maintain their positive mood every day. And it it helps them to stay optimistic in the face of difficult circumstances like we're experiencing right now. And they also have a lot of networks, right? So typically extroverts have a lot more friends and people with lower extroversion have friends for sure, but they have fewer, perhaps more intimate you know, relationships instead of a lot of superficial connections. But with all those connections on social media and being able to connect on, uh, you know, with our, with our technology, they're able to feel connected, even though they might not be next door to each other. And they, they also, it was really interesting. They handled the, the, the situation differently in the research shed. And this is not my opinion. Uh, what they found is that both introverts and extroverts were equally supportive of the measures that the governments, are, you know, are taking right now, state and, and federal, of closing schools, for example, and closing business and restricting travel. Both of them supported that and recommended quarantine, right? And what the survey found is extroverts were actually more compliant with social distancing guidelines, and they were reported more likely to wear face masks in public and to wash hands and sanitize hands frequently. Now, that surprised me. Yeah, I find that very surprising too, Spencer. And... um... And so it makes me wonder, well, what actually gets under an extrovert's skin? You know, it sounds like they're impervious to this COVID-19 from a a mental health standpoint, but I'm guessing that they can still uh, succumb to pressure. And so I wonder what it is that flips their switch. Well, we're going to talk about that. But this just to to finish up this this research, it said that why would they be more willing to to wear a mask? and it could be that introverts feel more socially awkward or embarrassed by wearing a mask in public or that they are generally less likely to change behavior in new challenges. And so to answer your second, well, to answer your question, the thing that can happen with extroversion that can cause you know the people you work with that have that high trait to, to be frustrated is initially they're going to see this this isolation as fun because it's new right they're excited about it but over time um they're gonna you know they're they're dealing with that optimistically but they're going to want to get back and and be with their with their team with their tribe and the lack of interaction maybe with customers is, is going to wear on them and it's possible that over time that optimism will start to fade because you know we haven't been doing this that long and that research hasn't really taken that into account but in our experience and working with pdp global and my my experience personally um that energy is going to likely begin to wane if they're not able to get out and 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 see people and get in in public so there's some places still in the united states and around the world that are being very strict and so over time we're not sure that that uh, that that optimism will maintain. So, the other thing is is if they're not being encouraged, 
if you're not taking the time to stop and talk to them and recognize them, even though you can't be face to face or you can't have them on, on the crowd, if you've got a, a team meeting and you're doing that on, on zoom or Microsoft teams, make sure you recognize people publicly in that forum. If you can, if you're not, if they're not getting that recognition or, or being told that they're doing a good job, they, they can feel like they're not valued. They can feel like uh, they're being left out and that is going to impact them negatively. Spencer, where do you fit on the extroversion scale? So my extroversion scale is uh, above the the line. So I have higher extroversion. It's not my highest trait. I've actually, dominance has been my highest trait for all my life. I've actually worked on bringing that dominance down and increasing the extroversion to kind of soften the edge of kind of that aggressive uh, bully style. And, and I have done my, you know, people talk to me, they actually say I'm nice. I guess I haven't fooled, but I have learned to bring that, that dominance down a little bit and, and bring the extroversion up. That's really interesting. And so now that we've been in this uh, COVID thing for, I don't know how long has it been about since mid-March when they started shutting things down. End of March. Yeah. yeah. End of March. So it's a good two plus months. Are you feeling that itch? You're like, Hey man, let's get back to it. Let's, uh, Let's go out there. Let's get this thing. Let's get this economy humming. Let's uh, let's get back to meeting people. Let's get back back on airplanes and and start engaging with clients again. I mean, what's I how's that, that impacted you? I felt that the last week of March. <laughs> so I feel like you know we right now we have a, a dichotomy in our country. We have half the population is like let's let's be safe. Let's be careful. The other half is let's get this thing going again. And, you know, I think there's, there's accuracy. I think, I think both sides are, are accurate. And so I think we need to, we need to get things started and we need to be careful. But I believe, and, and we said this the first time that the cure could be worse than, than the disease right now. We have so many challenges in our world because of the economy. I mean, we've just added what we have another, we have $6 trillion in debt now in the United States. We have how many millions of people are unemployed. We're at, I think nationwide, we're at close to 20% in in places, some places it's, it's up almost to 30%, you know, like in Las Vegas, where you have every, so many people are working in the hospitality business, nothing has been happening there. And so a lot of those people are collecting unemployment. Well, we've got to pay for that. How are we going to do that? We've got to get this economy going again. Plus, there are people that are not going to hospitals that need to go to hospital because, you know, we're, we're afraid and we need to be cautious. We need to be careful, but we need to get things going. And, um, and so part of what, what my feeling is, is my anxiousness is, I mean, I, my income comes only from my efforts and there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are out there in the world and that are listening to us that are in the same position. And so part of this, the purpose of what you and I are doing here is to give them some tools to, to be able to go out and and have success working remotely, working with their teams. And, and so when things do open, they're actually having momentum and not starting from zero. Well, you gave us a great tool, an acronym, 
uh, weight. I like acronyms because they're easier to remember, right? Uh, the yes. what am I <laughs> or why am I talking uh, was the was the acronym for the extrovert to help them not just during this COVID pandemic, but can help them throughout their everyday. Is there is there a corollary yes. for the for the high pace uh, conformity person yeah. to deal with the extrovert? <laughs> well, yes, it's it's weight. Why aren't I talking? Oh, man, the symmetry of that is just really awesome. I love it. I, I have oh, weight on both sides. Cosmos, right? You know, here's, here's what my wife said about this. <clears throat> she said, the reason why the, extra, the introverts are more stressed right now is because all the extroverts are at home invading their quiet space. And they're not shutting up. And so <laughs> all those people that have lower extroversion are more are more stressed and depressed and mental health issues right now because of, they can't get away from the from the high extroverts. Uh, there may be an element of truth to that, actually. <laughs> uh, let, let me finish one thing that we that I want to. So how do you deal with that extrovert that is acting out? Maybe they're they're overselling, they're they're getting sarcastic, and they're feeling, you know, just underappreciated, help them feel valued, right? And if they do that verbal attack and need to express and defend how they're feeling, let the words fly, okay? Understand what's happening and why that's going on. They'll settle down and then suggest, you know, reconnecting with them after you've, you know, had a chance to um, think about what they've said, so that you can understand where they're coming from and what's going on. And, and you know, every one of us has a backup style. And, and when, when we're feeling that backup style come out because we're disconnected and, and not feeling appreciated for the high extroverts, that can happen. Give them grace again, just as you would, you know, the other traits. And so, yeah, we can talk about the other traits another time if you're interested. Uh, one last question for you, Spencer, to wrap this up. Does the sandwich method of constructive criticism work with an extrovert? Because if you start out with a lot of praise to soften them up, sometimes they can just interrupt you and just keep on that praise track and you never get around to the to the meat in the middle. Um, you know, great, great question. I'm I'm not a big fan of of techniques. Partly because of the reason you said earlier is people can detect if you're techniquing them or sincere, and I'm somebody that believes in in just getting you know to the point. Hey, listen, Christian, I've called you to my office because I want to talk to you about this, and here's the impact. And the reason I'm talking to you about this this problem is I value you. You're such an important member of our team, and I want you to be aware of the impact this is having because I know you want to do a great job. No, I, I'd take that. I'd take it. Yeah, much better than the than the sandwich method or the hamburger method, or whatever they call it. <laughs> the hamburger method. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's create a new management uh, communication tool. Well, it, is na it is National Hamburger Day, so right. you know. Uh, great to talk with you, Krishna. I always love being with you, and uh, I'm I'm grateful for the the time and energy that you're putting into this. It's just, I truly mean that is it is good to be with you. Well, I feel the same way. Every time I come on one of these podcasts, I learn a lot and it's been really helpful. And I've incorporated many of the things that we've talked about or tried to incorporate them in just my everyday activities. So I really appreciate you, Spencer, sharing your knowledge and your experience and your insights and helping us all to helping us all to work together a little better um, during this crazy COVID pandemic. Thank you. 
Now, Spencer, if people want to contact you and learn more about the work that you're doing, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Gosh, you can go on social media and find me on LinkedIn under Spencer Horn. You can go to our website, altiumleadership.com, A-L-T-I-U-M, leadership.com, or email me at spencer at altiumleadership.com. You can chat with me on our website as well when you go there and, and just ask me questions or you'll find my phone number and you can you can call me. All right. Fantastic, Spencer. And for people that want to get in touch with me, you can find me also on LinkedIn at Christian Napier or at gp4.com, gpfour.com, or email me at cnapier at gp4.com. Listeners, thank you so much. Like and subscribe to our podcast, and we'll continue our conversation about grace under pressure next week. 